Welcome back to the White Coat Club. My name is Lindsay and I'm one of the counselors at Moon Prep. Today, I have two of my counselors here with me, Michaela and Nicole, and we'll be talking about applying to summer programs. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel to get more great content about direct medical and medical school admissions. Michaela, why don't you start us off? What type of summer programs are there? This is a great question. I have parents ask me this question, you know, every single year when we get started planning for summer. And to start off, a lot of programs are like pre-college programs, which just means that they are going to be held on a college campus and they're focused on getting a student accustomed to being on a college campus setting, maybe taking a class or two, but oftentimes there's a, a heavy um, recruiting element involved as well. Yeah, Michaela, that's great. There's also some others that are a little bit more topic specific. So aside from kind of that recruiting tactic of getting kids on college campuses and getting them acclimated, uh, something like the Rutgers Wise program, which is going to be much more topic specific for a student who is interested in maybe research or STEM. Um, and it's going to just have a little bit more of a focus there. And there will be different formats as well. So some of them will be, you know, a class setting where they're taking a class on campus versus more of a seminar, which can be especially the virtual online classes or laboratory based where you're gaining you know, hands on skills instead of knowledge from a book or a class. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. I love the hands-on learning that students can get here. I always tell kids you have like a whole nine months to sit in a classroom, try and do something like hands-on or something that you wouldn't be able to do in a classroom. So that, that hands-on setting, I feel like can be really valuable to students. And it also shows that students are not, you know, a one trick pony. You are not just an academic powerhouse. You also have, you know, um, physical skills to offer us to uh, um, school as well. So as they start to like plan their summers, how many summer programs do you typically recommend that they apply to? I think it depends on the amount of students that they take and potentially um, some of the acceptance rates. Some of them are very, very competitive. Um, so then I'd probably recommend more on the four to five scale, but usually maybe two to four is usually pretty appropriate for each student? I completely agree. I never have a student apply to less than three. Three is basically the minimum, and I feel always more comfortable with five to seven. And especially for my students, I make sure that they start planning early. Um, for sure, in December, they need to be having their list of summer programs that they are interested in, completed and we are compiling the application materials in December, a lot of the most prestigious programs are going to be due starting in January and then moving on with a couple of the most, most pre prestigious ones due even in October and November. But most of my students kind of know that in advance. And so we've highlighted those in advance, but the rest of them will be January. And it's always a good idea to start early because, for example, a lot of these programs do require maybe like a letter of recommendation. And, you know, if you don't start planning until your winter break and the deadline's January 5th, 
how are you going to get in contact with your teacher to ask for a letter of recommendation? So starting early before you go home from winter break might be a good idea just to start to compile all the information that you need and start to work on those essays. Now, one problem I see whenever trying to look at like deadlines and things like that and like help kids who maybe have very specific like date requirements that they're like only available in like certain dates in October or not in October, sorry, August or whatever date it might be. A lot of the deadlines are slowly updated in the winter time. So if you start looking in November, you'll be able to see, you know, what programs have done in the past, but you might not know like deadlines and things like that until late November, December. So just make sure to stay up to date on, on the list and make sure you actually are looking at that year's deadlines too, as you, as you make your spreadsheet um, with your deadlines or start to compile things. That's a great point. I always have students, if they're interested in a program, but it's not updated, just to still keep it in their spreadsheet, but have a you know check back in November, check back in December to update the dates and requirements. But usually the requirements like letters of recommendation and maybe the essay, the essay topic could change, but the requirements will probably be pretty similar. One big question that I always get asked by both new clients and like my students is, um, are pay to play programs worthwhile? Um, Michaela, first, will you maybe explain what a pay to play program is? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of programs out there that parents consider to be the most prestigious will either be free or pay the student a stipend for their research. A lot of the times this is research-based programs. And so parents will get advice from online, you know, sources or their friends that if they're paying, you know, $2,000 or something for a summer program, that this is called a pay to play. So they are feeling like they're less prestigious because there is money involved instead of a free program. Nicole, do you think those are worthwhile? I do. Um, I think at this point, it is kind of standard that students do that. I think a lot of families worry is that, oh, they'll, the universities that we're applying to are just going to think that we paid for this program and the student wasn't actually worthy to go. But they are still pretty competitive, even with a fee attached to them. Not every student is accepted for most of these. So unfortunately, you know, it is kind of a standard to pay for some of these programs. And then it also kind of probably segues into our next topic of the ones, a lot of the ones that you are paying for through these universities are the most reputable. There are some out there that are not as reputable, um, which we'll, I know we'll discuss a little bit further, but it is definitely kind of the standard right now. One big thing I tell my kids to look for is like to look for like the, the deliverables they get out of it even if they are paying for something, like if you're getting like a mentor, like throughout the process, if it's like a six week program, you're getting a mentor who's helping you with like lab work, for example, um, you know, you are getting a lot of hands-on like learning and a lot of one-on-one time with someone. It kind of makes sense that you might have to pay for that kind of education. And so, you know, it just depends on what students are able to get out of it. I don't think that all pay to play programs are worthwhile, but I also don't think that all of them are not worthwhile, if that makes sense. And so it does, it is like on an individual case by case basis, um, about how to find like a, a good program and you know, what, what kind of things we're kind of looking for. So Michaela, will you kind of dive into that a little bit more about like how to search for a program? Yeah. And that was a really good point about the mentorship. Definitely. If a program in a structured setting, like a summer program is providing mentorship, they have to pay for that 
mentor's time and even sometimes like the lab space if it's research-based. And so definitely that's a great point that you said. Don't look at the cost involved as, oh, a college in the future is going to look down on this because we we paid money to be there, but more about having reputable mentorship and you're paying for their time. So when I'm having a student who is wondering where to start when it comes to searching for programs, that is also where I start is we are going to be talking about what are the outcomes and the deliverables at the end of the program. So we have that in mind first, and that's how we start looking. So if I have a student who is, let's say they are in Novi, Michigan, we're going to start by making a list of what the student is looking for in their deliverables. Do they want to be published at the end or not? And then First, we'll be searching for all the colleges nearby, as well as kind of widening the search um, to anywhere that the student feels like they could get to in the summer. And we're going to be looking at all the options on college campuses before moving to reputable third-party programs. But again, we are kind of searching by deliverables and outcomes instead of just what anything that's available on a college campus nearby. And just like every college list, every summer program list is going to look different because every student is so different. Like, you know, what one student wants might be different than what another one wants. And that's perfect. That's kind of what you want. And it's also kind of a good chance for students to maybe explore a potential major. Like if they're thinking about doing psychology, um, maybe they could do like a more psychology focused program. Like I believe some of my students have done like Cosmos in, in California, they have a lot of different like topics that you can be doing. And uh, if I remember correctly, one of my students did kind of more of a psychology um, slash sociology type project. Um, and so you can really find things that fit your interests, um, things that maybe you'll want to do later on when you're in, in college, or maybe you discover that you actually don't like psychology. And so it's still valuable because you're still learning a little bit more about like what your future might look like. Nicole, do you want to dive into some examples of some good research programs or I guess general programs um, that we've seen our students apply to in the past? Yeah, I think you mentioned the Cosmos program. I know I mentioned the Rutgers Wise, but there's also the Clark Scholars, um, the Science Internship Program, Summer Science Research Program. Um, a lot of students are applying to governor's school, uh, depending on your state. A lot of times there's really great options there just like Lindsay was saying, to kind of explore something that you're interested in. It is a little bit more specific for topic wise, but those are probably some of the most popular that we have students apply to. Now, some of my kids are juggling a really heavy load over the summer. They might be volunteering. They might be shadowing um, for our rising seniors. They might be looking at their college essays and things like that. Are there any virtual programs that are available, Michaela? Yes. So there are quite a few virtual programs I like to recommend, especially, um, you know, the Rutgers Wise program is really great, especially for underclassmen looking for something to do over the summer. And then there's also the, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up this name probably, but the Stanford Cardiothoracic Surgical Internship Program um, is also virtual. Like University of Rochester has got some like more classes, I would say. I think it's like personalized medicine. Georgetown has got a program. 
think Boston uh, Leadership has virtual options. Like just like Wise, Wise has the mm-hmm. VWise virtual and then the regular one in person. I think post COVID, a lot of schools are giving both options. Mm-hmm. Came the theme that I have a student applying to is like um, through the Rosetta Institute. Oh. They've got like a chemistry, a medical, bioinformatics, just like a more like introduction to like medicine mm-hmm. too. So like very obviously medicine focused. Um, and then I've seen some other ones like with Seattle Children's, they do like a virtual research training program. It's only, you know, a week, but it's free. And so there are a lot of like, you know, different options out there, I would say, just kind of depending on like what a student student might be interested in. The Seattle Children's Hospital <laughs> was the one I was trying to remember. Yeah, like, I, I can't remember that one. Yeah, I had a student do it. Um mm-hmm. I think they had like a pretty good experience because it was, it was free, um, you know, it was virtual kind of fit into their schedule really nicely, but yeah, it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. I think a lot of times once the dates are posted, students definitely look at where they want to apply based on when they're offered and like, maybe they can squeeze two or three in over the summer. We've definitely had students do that mm-hmm. um, and kind of other plans that they may have with their family and such. And one thing to know too, I don't think we actually have mentioned this, but age restriction is definitely like a big thing for these summer programs. A lot of them, especially like if you're in like more of a wet lab situation or um, you might, you might have to be 16 or sometimes even 17, like the Clark Scholars Program, you have to be 17 by the start of the program date. And so some of our our seniors, like our rising seniors don't even qualify for that. Um, And 16, you know, maybe you won't be 16 until you're a junior or even later. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. And so, um, a lot of those really like hands-on, like really like intensive, like research experiences for like our BSMD students, sometimes those don't open up until, until you're a little bit older. Um, and so kind of as a freshman and sophomore, you might be going for maybe more like virtual programs or like, you know, less intensive, maybe just like one or two week kind of like intro things. And that's okay. You know, you can be doing, doing other things as well throughout your summer, but it's just a good way to get like a good base. And then we have some programs, Rising Researchers, for example, that is not just virtual, but it's also on a flexible schedule where there's no hard start or hard end date. It's essentially rolling admission. I think we're Rising Researchers is kind of unique with that type of schedule. I don't know any others that do things quite like that, um, but that is always an option for students as well. And the nice thing being that you can pick your topic. Oh, yeah. Exactly do a certain thing, um, or you might not be interested in, in heart disease or whatever it might be. And this one, you really do get to pick. It's not a sign. You pick your topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you could even pick your research mentor based on availability. Michaela, do you want to tell us a little bit about what else students can do over the summer? That's not like a pay to play program. Absolutely. So in addition to, you know, doing a summer program, They can also be looking outside of structured programs and doing their own individualized research and looking for a place to publish or, you know, go to different science fairs and, you know, have their research published or recognized. And then also they should be, especially if they're going towards a medicine related field, they can be shadowing or pursuing internships in the field that they're looking at going into, really any industry internship in the field you're going into is a great move, Um, as well as they should be looking at volunteering positions where they can make an actual community impact. 
So this isn't kind of like sitting back and just kind of fundraising for a vague cause, but really looking around in their community and seeing where they can fill a gap and truly like help change someone's life. Starting an educational initiative or volunteering, anything that really makes an actual impact on their community. So they can really, students can really maximize their, the months they spend during the summer through all of these different endeavors. I had one student last year who like his whole summer was dedicated to setting up like a medical camp in India. And so fundraised in like the States throughout the school year. And then he flew back to like his, his hometown where he'd grown up and he knew a lot of people that were still there and was able to do like a a week long medical camp for like cancer screening and diabetes screening and things like that. And so obviously it wasn't like a formal camp, but he was still able to gain a lot of those hands-on experiences that a future physician is going to need too. So that's why it's always important to have backup plans. You know, I'm, we didn't work with him on his summer program applications. He came to us um, during the summer. So it was a little bit too late, but you know, he, he still had like a really worthwhile summer, even if it wasn't in a formal, formal program. Nicole, do you want to give us a few tips on how to write an effective summer program essay? Yeah, typically the prompts that they're asking is really about the student and why they have this interest to attend their program. Um, usually the prompts aren't super long. And we'll dive into how they can tell a little bit more about what they've done already and like kind of how their interest sparked in wanting to apply. And then a little bit about what they think they'll gain from the program in terms of their future goals. A lot of times when I'm seeing summer program essays, they can be extremely almost like formal and dry And it is really essential because there are so many people applying to these programs. Honestly, it's like a little mini boot camp before you start applying to colleges later to treat the process the same. They're seeing a lot of applications and a lot of essays, most likely. So it's important to, you know, infuse some personality. Don't start your essay with, hi, my name is Michaela and I'm from New Jersey. You know, really like put some thought into your essay and make sure that your personality comes across so they know who they're admitting to the program. But thankfully, we have an entire do's and don'ts guide to writing these summer program essays that gives you all the best tips to have standout essays. So once you join Moon Prep, you will have that summer program essay guide. And one thing I'll add to that too is start early. You know, if the deadline is January 4th, you should not be writing your first draft on January 3rd or even January 1st. You know, you should have been outlining, brainstorming, kind of thinking these things through early. A lot of summer programs will go through multiple drafts. Um, and for our juniors, sometimes even like those summer program essays, we might use like the ideas of them and some of the wording in them for like our college application essays later on down the road, if it kind of fits the topic and fits the theme. So you never know how useful those essays will be for you throughout the next year. Some of these programs have a lot of essays, like for kids who apply to like the Bank of America Student Leaders Program. It's it's pretty competitive, but they have a lot of different essays about like a challenge you see in your community and how you want to address them. You know, a leadership challenge you've encountered, who's inspired you as a leader, um, what qualities do you think are of a successful leader? Why do you want to be a Bank of America, you know, student leader? Um, And then like a general kind of personal statement about what you think is an important issue facing students today. It's a lot of essays. They're all like 2000, between 1000 to 2000 characters each. You can't do that in one day. Um, I had a student who applied to that program and and ultimately got in, but we probably spent 
a month on those essays, um, really perfecting them, mapping out what things we really wanted the schools to know about him, which activities we wanted them to know about him, and you know, tried to maximize the space. So in order to be successful, it really is kind of starting early and making sure to maximize each each word and each essay you have there. And if it's only one, you know, take advantage of that word count to showcase to them who you are. Thanks for joining us today as we talked about applying to summer programs. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel to get more great content from Moon Prep about applying to BSMD and medical school admissions.